Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and thank you for listening to this special Behind the Biz episode. So, have you ever been in that situation where you have a student prospect that doesn't have a guarantor, they can't qualify on their own, and all of this is through your property's approval criteria, right? Maybe their parents don't qualify or aren't willing to co-sign, or maybe it's an international student and they lack the proper financial and credit information that's needed for approval. Listen, your company's approval criteria is set there for one reason, and that is a reduced risk of a tenant not paying rent. But what if there was an insurance company out there that was willing to underwrite that risk and eliminate it for your property? Well, that's exactly what a company named Leap out of New Jersey does, and student housing managers are loving it. It's essentially just eliminating their bad debt expense. In this episode, I sit down with Leap's chief operating officer, Michael Davies, and talk about what they are providing that is allowing student managers to stay focused on generating traffic and closing leases, and less time on approval follow-ups and making collection calls. I think this is a very smart thing to offer your applicants. And with that being said, here's my interview with Michael Davies. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Wes, for having me today. Uh, if you haven't heard of Leap, it's leapeasy.com. And to just give you a quick background on what Leap does. Have you ever had that situation where you've got a tenant or a prospect that either can't get a parental guarantor or maybe they're an international student and you need some type of guarantee and you're asking professors to guarantee for them and going through your, your Rolodex of who can make that happen? Well, these guys need to be the first one in that Rolodex because they can make all those problems go away with getting your prospects approved. And I think you guys are calling it institutional cosigning. That's correct. Awesome. So, Michael, really quick, just kind of expand on that product a little bit and, and tell us what you know, what it includes, how you guys got to it, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, uh, similar to what you said, Wes, we co-sign apartments for students who don't otherwise qualify on their own, uh, or they might not have their own co-signer. Maybe they're, you know, who would be their co-signer would rather not co-sign their lease once they find out about a product like this. And then also, you know, the the guarantors who are getting declined by the student housing providers themselves. Uh, so we're able to uh, step in and act as a co-signer for a small upfront cost to the student. Uh, our service is no cost to the to the landlord or property management company. So our goal is to help you guys get your buildings as occupied as possible. Now, th- there's been some other groups out there that have, you know, have done this at the past. I I remember one that was more, you know, was more regional, wasn't someone that was uh, necessarily doing that on a national level, but you guys are, are capable of doing this on a national level. It's not something that you're located in Jersey City, New Jersey. Correct. But as far as where you guys can provide this service, it's across the U.S. That's right? correct. We're currently licensed in about 30 states, adding new ones every day. Um, so I would say, you know, by the time we roll out to various uh, companies, we're able to secure those licensures if we don't already have them. 
And, and as far as student housing is concerned, you guys had a recent kind of introduction into that. Recently, you guys started an onboarding process of all of Sterling student housing or Dinnerstein as a, as a lot of people recognize it more. So for all their student housing portfolio and are launching a new pilot program with, with Campus Advantage as well. That's correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, after a recent rollout with Dinnerstein, I would say three hours after uh, onboarding the one of the on-site teams, we had our first application with them. And we look forward to onboarding seven of Campus Advantage's properties next week. So tell me a little bit of the origin story. You know, before that, let's let's give our listeners some background on you. Kind of give us your background and how you got to become the the COO of of Leap. Sure. So um, I spent the last 12 years in multifamily operations and acquisitions and was asked to join Leap by our founder, Rory O'Connell, the beginning of last year. And, um, you know, it's been very refreshing to uh, to be able to be on kind of the vendor side of things now and come up with a product that's really redefining and, and helping to reshape our industry. So now let's talk a little bit more about the company. Uh, let's talk about the origin story with, with them. You mentioned uh, Rory, who's your CEO, I uh, got to meet him last week or a couple weeks ago at a, at a conference. I've never found anybody as, as passionate about this type of product as I, as I have with him. And he's, uh, he's really excited to be rolling it out to this niche industry. But give me a little bit of the, the origin story in regards to the company and this particular service and how all that came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So Rory was the founding COO at Insurant, uh, which is the first rent guarantee company in multifamily. Uh, it was about 15 years ago. And then a few years ago, he was asked to chair on the advisory board for another player in the space. Um, by 2017, it was pretty clear to him that the market for rent guarantee was really starting to take off. Um, so he did kind of an extensive build versus buy analysis. And ultimately, he decided to build it from scratch. Great. So, Michael, you and I were were speaking previously, and part of the part of the story uh, of how you guys, because you you obviously came out of the gate targeting the multifamily industry. I don't know how much student housing was really on the you know was really on the on the dartboard at that point in time, but you guys were operating kind of locally in that tri-state you know New York Manhattan area. And, and you had some great stories about what you found out about students in that area. If you would just share that with the audience, because I think that, you know, obviously we have a lot of listeners that are, you know, in metropolitan areas where, you know, be it Philadelphia or Boston or New York, where, you know, the, the typical student housing arrangement that we see everywhere else in the country doesn't exist. And that was kind of the, I don't want to say your intro necessarily into student housing, but that's what you guys attacked first. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, the um, the way that student housing works in New York City or Philadelphia um, is very different where universities or management companies, you know, rent these by the bed or, or you know, row homes or walk up buildings from various owners and, you know, put students into those apartments in a more non-traditional sense, whereas in the rest of the country, there's obviously leasing offices and several hundred beds uh, in one location. But in in New York and in Philadelphia and a lot of those northeastern markets, there really isn't another option for these students. They, they really they need our service. Otherwise, they're putting up massive amounts of prepaid rent or deposits, which is is 
you know, pretty atypical uh, for them to be even able to to provide those things. An apparent guarantor, uh, you know, in those markets is is pretty. I don't want to say unheard of, but it, it's a lot. I mean, you're taking on a, a lot of high stakes. They're not doing individual bedroom leasing, so you know you're talking about rent not just for your student, but you're talking about rent for that may be shared between you know four or five, six. 10 students <laughs> and, and a parent's having to guarantee everything. And so in and, and a lot of situations, there's a not the income from a single parent or maybe even a group of parents to do that. And and so you guys were able to come in and and do something that that really helped. The the other thing that, as you and I were talking earlier, that I, I felt like was it was really a cool thing is, you know, you, we've got a lot of students that are, one, students are going to school longer um, mm-hmm. as far as college is concerned and post-grad. And there becomes that time in a, in a student's life uh, that, you know, being able to rely on parents to do co-signing, be it of a, of a car loan or, or whatever, but especially, uh, you know, an apartment, it becomes almost an embarrassing thing for the students to have to ask for. And you guys are really able to, to to fill that in as well. And that's one of the areas that you guys are seeing a lot of traffic in, correct? Yeah, I think one of the most surprising things is even for students who have parents who would otherwise qualify uh, to be their co-signer, once they find out about a service like this, uh, they're more compelled, you know, I think to use us because it's helping them gain their financial independence sooner. And it's also, you know, it, it protects the, the parent a bit more from having to co-sign that lease and it alleviates them from having to have their credit run or provide, you know, personal documentation and co-sign those leases. So for such a, a nominal cost, it, it, the added benefit, um, you know, we, we feel like is truly there. Yeah, so it's not even... Part of it is the, is the student wanting to feel independent, and then right. the other part is the student or the the parent of the student, you know, wanting to to kind of cut the ties, but give them some crutches to help them before they start running. I guess is the best way to put it. But, exactly. So, uh, getting back to that cost uh, that you mentioned, what uh, I know you said nominal, but kind of give us an idea of what that. You know, what kind of range that typically looks like, how you guys do the underwriting for, you know, for these prospects that are that are applying for your service. Sure. So the the rate ranges between 50 and 100 percent of one month's rent. Uh, that is a one time fee. So uh, generally you can expect that, you know, freshmen and sophomores are going to pay towards the higher end of that range. And the seniors and grad students are going to be paying, you know, towards the lower end of that range. And we factor things in like in our underwriting guidelines, uh, student success as well. Something that helps to, to determine what their what their pricing uh, might look like. As far as in that underwriting manual, how much of how much of an input from the management company, maybe even a, you know a site level property manager, are they able to put in? Do you take any kind of input from them on you know what a successful student looks like at, at Duke University versus you know successful student at a tier two college? may look much different. Do you guys do you guys take any input in from from the operator or have you guys already got that built into to your underwriting manual? It's generally already been built into the underwriting manual, but we do work with our operators during the onboarding process to really determine uh, what the success factors have been in the past, uh, maybe what's 
contributed to delinquency or dropout rates. So there's there's a number of things that uh, we really get a good sense of as we onboard at each of the various uh, universities that we're working with. Gotcha. So, uh, Michael, uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, the trends you've seen and, and been around in student housing during your tenure and you know, what do you see on the horizon, you know, that will be most important to, to students in relationship to approval criteria? You know, student housing providers in general want integration and they want a seamless customer experience. So the quicker that we are able to convert somebody who is otherwise going to be declined or uh, doesn't have their own cosigner, you know, all the different things that we've talked about already, Wes, you know, the sooner that we're able to convert those folks, the the better it's going to be. You know, the more likely it is that they keep the apartment that they have on hold with with these property management companies, the more likely they are to ultimately move in. And, you know, from a from for the housing providers, you know, they we want to see everybody achieve their occupancy goals as quickly as possible. And so there's not a bunch of scrambling last minute before the spring semester is over to make sure that they're, they're guaranteed those leases for that upcoming school year. Yeah. Or, or the night before move or the night before move in. Exactly. <laughs> so, so walk the audience a little bit through the process of, because there's kind of, uh, there's one service that you're offering now. There's something on the horizon that you're also looking to provide landlords and you may or may not want to discuss that just yet, but that can be a little bit of a, a teaser, a teaser for our audience when you guys do launch it. But talk a little bit about, you know, what the process is if, so I'm a property manager and, you know, I've got a prospect that comes in the door. Do I tell them about this at that point? Do I, do I only present it as an option to someone who doesn't get approved the first time or says that they, you know, don't have a, a guarantor? What's, what's kind of the best way you've seen it handled so far? We want our operators to offer our service to everyone, um, you know, obviously without the expectation that everybody is going to end up using Leap as a as a guarantor. But um, for the, the folks out there who don't know about a service like ours, you know, we think that it, it could be beneficial yeah. to offer it during that, uh, that initial tour, that initial leasing process, because you may have a student who is looking to be financially independent from their parents that first year um, off campus, or um, it may it may be of some relief to uh, to them when they go back and tell their parent that they can use a service like ours rather than that parent having to have their credit run and and you know co-sign the lease for them. Yeah, so almost. I mean, it sounds like what what you're saying when you're discussing fees and deposits or the the approval criteria. That's really the best time to to put it out there versus obviously waiting until they're they're denied and going back. But yeah, I mean, no, that makes perfect sense because I know in a lot of situations, you know, I've worked with students who wanted to be roommates with each other and you could tell, you know, one had no hesitation of of going through and uh, you know, getting his parents involved and then there's always a student that is asking that question, well, what if I was to do this on my own and, you know, because maybe there's a bad relationship with their parents. Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a financial issue there and, and that kind of really takes that away and allows, if you're doing that at the beginning, it allows for almost that self-referral from that standpoint. So that's, that's a good point. So the process is pretty easy. Uh, our goal is for while they're sitting in front of your leasing agents to uh, be able to get qualified with us uh, and have a decision right away. So our application is uh, completely mobile. Uh, you could do it on desktop as well, but we find that students are going to want to fill it out on their phones while they're sitting uh, in your offices. 
Um, it takes about three to four minutes. All the information that we ask for is pretty readily available. Um, it's going to ask just for some personal information, you know, expected rent amount and, you know, their current GPA if they if they're far along enough into the school year to uh, have a transcript. And, you know, our underwriter decisions within 30 minutes. And from there, we contact the the property that the student is looking to move into. Uh, we verify some lease details, like the rent amount, the lease start date and end date. Um, we'll get probably a floor plan code if you haven't already assigned units uh, for that upcoming school year. And that's it. We generate what's called our tenant participation agreement. They're able to docu-sign that from their phone and they pay our fee, uh, which is done through Stripe. And as soon as that's done, the property gets what's, you know, our lease guarantee bond emailed directly to them as a trigger as soon as we receive payment and they're good to go. So that's great. There's no, you know, 48 hour timeline or anything like that. It's, it's basically same day, if not within the same, within the same hour of them submitting that. So that, that happens. And then student housing, that process may be happening. And, you know, right now in March, April time mm-hmm. frame, and then August comes up and something comes up and they don't move in. Mm-hmm. Is the service, if they don't move in and don't take possession, is it covering the entire 12 months? How we didn't really kind of, t- we didn't really talk about that from the, from the get go. So explain a little bit about that. I'm glad you asked because we pride ourselves on our on our coverage. So uh, if there is a skip or an eviction at any point during the lease term, um, our coverage is for up to the full 12 months. Uh, the only time that there is a difference there is um, if there is a no show. Uh, so if the to your point, Wes, if the student never moved into that apartment, um, we cover up to three months. So that's the situation if someone doesn't move in, if in the situation where someone has to make a claim because a student decided not to continue with spring semester or whatever the reason may may be. Walk us through a little bit about how that claim works. Certainly. So the claims are done directly through our website. Uh, it's pretty easy. There's there's just a few questions that are asked and, and the property management company would provide a, a ledger to us uh, to show what, you know, the balance has been due and, and what's what there is by line item. From there, uh, the landlord would go through their normal eviction process. So once they, and that's if if an eviction needed to happen, if it was a skip, that claim can be done and we'll cut a check uh, within 10 days for the amount that is past due in terms of rent. Whereas if there's an eviction, we will wait to cut a check until possession is regained of the apartment. So um, once, you know, once you regain possession, we cut your check for any lost rent. And then what's really cool is that we continue to pay until you're able to reoccupy that bed, whether it be next semester or the next school year, up to that 12 months of coverage. Wow, that that's, that's huge. And, you know, and a lot of and now I'm kind of, you know, knocking on the door of, of the big reveal of your other service type. But if I think about that and I think about properties that had really high bad debt expense because, you know, maybe you see it a lot in tier two schools, uh, but there's just some markets that, you know, students don't, a lot of students end up leaving for whatever reason going into the spring semester. I could see if <laughs> everybody... Um, and, and can you can you actually force people to to do this? Is that I'm not sure if that's can you can you force that versus doing a security deposit? Well, it depends on the operator, but uh, you know we've seen several operators that we're we're currently in um, in conversations with looking to 
get away from taking any sort of prepaid rent or additional deposits because uh, by doing that, they're they're capping their their coverage essentially. Uh, whereas if they were to have forwarded those students over to us, uh, they would have been covered for the full 12 months and not have to worry about the accounting hassle of applying security deposits towards last month's rent or you know reimbursing deposits within a timely manner and things like that. So, so in that situation, if if that was the case and everybody was covered, you're an operator is essentially eliminating bad debt. Yeah, so that that kind of leads me into uh, what we're really excited about in this uh, in this space is a product where we guarantee an entire building, eliminating an operator's need for taking individual cosigners from everybody. So if you have a 500 or 600 bed community right now, you know you're having to get five or six hundred different cosigners. You're there's an administrative cost, right, to uh, running all the credit on all of those people trying to t- chase down individual cosigners for signatures, whereas we see an agreement, you know, happening between yeah. us and the landlord rather than us and the student that guarantees an entire building, which would eliminate, you know, any sort of bad debt risk whatsoever. Yeah. And, and by building, you're meaning an entire property. An entire, correct. Uh, and, and so and let me let me just break this down a little bit further so that I, I make sure our audience is, is picking up on this. What you're saying is is this new product would be something that, that would essentially be purchased by the business owner or by the property owner. Correct. To cover all of their bedrooms. Is that based off of an expected occupancy or how is that? So in a case where we were to co-sign an entire building or guarantee an entire building, the cost ends up being significantly less. So we would, you know, we would assess the risk on a a community by community basis and, um, you know, come up with an agreement directly with the owner. Gotcha. All right. So let me just break this down a little bit more so that everybody heard that and and we could talk about... (laughs) what this covering a building would actually, or covering a property, what that would eliminate. So we talked about eliminating the the cost of the of the background check, specifically on the credit background. Um, obviously, everybody still should be doing criminal background checks. Sure. So that may be decrease it, I would say, depending on what state you're in. That's going to be at least half of that expense, if not probably 70% of that expense, as far as the, the entire criminal and credit background. So then we've got beyond that, you're talking about, I mean, I I remember sitting, you know, in the leasing office and constantly following up with, with guarantors. So there's an administrative burden there that's being taken off where at least, you know, the people that are hired to lease and to market aren't spending time on the telephone, you know, trying to find guarantors. So there's that savings that I wouldn't want to put a sticker to, but uh, you know I can at least say that your people are going to be focused on what matters most, and that's not going to be on chasing down guarantors. And then the other part of it is on the back end of that, you know, when <laughs> you're no longer sending people. You know, if you end up having to evict someone, you're not having to go back through the process of you know trying to collect that money as well. Because you guys are doing that. You guys will be the one for those tenants that do default. You guys are going to be the one that's collecting or eventually turning it over to a collection agency. Correct. Cool. I love it. So, you know, besides helping prospects become approved that that otherwise would have been lost, are there other ways that your service or services, I should say, are helping property owners and managers? Sure. So uh, we work with 
many owners who look to develop and then sell their properties once they're you know occupied or close to occupied. So a secure rent roll is very appealing to potential buyers yeah. in, in the student housing or multifamily space. So this new product, you know, that we're launching, we're, you know, guaranteeing entire rent rolls, you know, eliminating, you know, any sort of risk on on bad debt, you know, I think could help with cap rates and how, you know, how that property is ultimately positioned. No, absolutely. I mean, that's always a discussion that, you know, I've been through several of those, both on the on the buyer side, as well as the seller side. And, you know, the purity of the rent roll, not necessarily from a standpoint of accuracy, but but understanding, you know, what actually went behind, you know, the approval process has always been something that could never be figured out. And if this type of policy, be it on an individual basis, uh, where the where the renters are, are paying it directly, or through something that's being built into the rent uh, under this under this total property policy, that that just eliminates that whole that whole concern and risk. So that's a, that's a very good point. Well, Michael, I appreciate it. I know our, our audience members are going to be clamoring to you to find out how you can help them out. So other than obviously I mentioned earlier, leapeasy.com, what other ways should they contact you? Sure. So uh, they could reach out to me directly at mdavies at leapeasy.com or they can search for us on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have an Instagram handle that is at leap underscore easy. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming down from from Jersey City to visit with us today. Obviously, we had some other business that we were taking care of today, so it just worked out perfect for us to get this podcast recorded as well. So I appreciate that and look forward to working with you guys more. Thank you so much for hosting me today, Wes. I appreciate it. Take care.